Praise God. Thankful for today to be with you on this morning. This is my first opportunity to come on a Sunday morning and um, be with you. And it's an honor to be here on this morning. As I said, and um, we are here to honor Pastor Rich and Ellie and the family. And uh, we don't worship men, but we honor the gift. Amen. He said, we don't, we don't worship men, but we honor the gift. Uh, men go crazy when you worship them. That's the reason why that folks uh, take their lives and do all kinds of crazy things is because they've never been created to be worshipped. Amen. But we do honor the gift that is in an individual, the thing that God has placed inside of them. We celebrate that and we honor that. And we're here today to do just that. Amen. And I want to uh, add my uh, thank yous with... Renee's First Lady Renee to be able to say thank you to Pastor Rich and Ellie for taking on the task and being willing to make sacrifices that is necessary to be able to see what God is doing here be accomplished because this does not happen overnight neither does it happen by happenstance but you have to be intentional in it amen and so I thank you for the sacrifices and the commitment that you have made to see this vision become a reality Amen. I know that Pastor Rich last uh, Sunday began talking about momentum, and I thought that I would just stay in that same vein here this morning because momentum is a, a strange thing. It is a powerful thing. Momentum is powerful if it is good or if it's bad. It really doesn't matter if it is good or bad. It is a powerful thing. And so I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 20 and, and verse number 1. We'll begin there and we'll look at this whole chapter uh, here this morning. But it, it says, Now Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him, with horses and chariots, and they went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it, and then uh, he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus saith Benadad, Your silver and your gold are mine, your loveliest wives and your children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, and I all... And all that I have is yours. And then the messenger came back and said, Thus speaks Benadad, uh, saying, Indeed, I have sent you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver, your gold, your wives, your children. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put into their hands and take it. Amen. This is a story that we read here of, of the enemy that has sent a message into the king of Israel, Ahab at the time, to tell him that everything that you enjoy, everything that looks good, everything that you love, he said, I'm going to take it away from you. You see, there are seasons in your life that come into your life. These seasons come for, to align yourself with God's will, your desire of your life. We, we look and we see that there are principles here in God's word that the lesser is impacted by the greater. The lesser is impacted by the greater. What do I mean by that? that I'm, what I mean by that is that whatever is greater in your life will always impact that which is lesser. And so if 
uh, doubt and fear are greater than faith and hope. Doubt and fear is going to be greater in your life. It is going to overcome your hope and your purpose. And so whatever is greater, and when I align myself with faith, then the greater force begins to work within me. Whenever I align myself with purpose, my faith and my purpose overcome the fear that the enemy brings into my life. And when something is out of alignment, it's harder for you to get where you need to go. When something is out of alignment, it costs you more to get where you need to go. Amen. Has ever, anyone ever had a car out of alignment? You may make it to your destination, but you got to work harder to get there. Because all the time it's pulling against you. All the time because it is out of alignment. It is uh, contrary to the direction in which you are intending to go. You can have your mindset. You can be focused on a per place that you're trying to get. But as long as it's out of alignment, you may get to that place, but you've got to work to get there. But how many know that we need to enjoy this journey? We need to enjoy it. Yes, we need to enjoy it. We need to have a smile in our face and joy in our heart and say, I'm not just about to get to a destination, but I'm going to enjoy it while I get there. Amen. And the enemy comes to try to bring us out of alignment and tries to cost us more than we really need to pay. But being out of alignment will always pull you in a direction that you're not intending on going. So the first thing that we must do is get in alignment with what God has for our life. And so if you're not in alignment, you have to get right with God. Amen. And in a time of getting right with God, he will begin to direct your course and begin to fulfill the purpose and the destiny in your life. The second thing we have to do is line up with purpose. Everything in our life has to line up with the purpose for which God has created us for. If it doesn't add up, if it doesn't line up with what God has for our lives, then we need to get rid of that and cause it to go from our life so that we can line up with the purpose for which God has for us. God did not set you in the earth to see how much you could suffer. He did not set you in the earth to see how much trouble that you could deal with before you collapse. But God has a purpose for you. He told Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I have for you, Jeremiah. I know the plan that I have for your life. Is there anyone else in this building this morning thankful that God has a plan, that he has a purpose for your life, that he has a destiny, and many times this world has a way of pulling us into the ditch. He has a way that in the process of life that we get pulled in another direction, but thank God for the Holy Spirit that will come and pull us out of the ditch, realign us with purpose, realign us with his destiny, and say, I know that you fell in the ditch. I knew you were pulled in a wrong direction, but thank God for the good Holy Ghost that will come again with his love and with his mercy and redirect our life. If he's ever done it for you, give him some kind of praise here this morning. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. We have not come into the earth because that our mama and our daddy decided to get together. We came into the earth because before the foundations of the world, God had a purpose for our life. And because he had a purpose is the reason for which we were created for such the time as we were released into the earth. Amen. And so God has a destiny. He has a purpose and plan for your life. The third thing that we have to do is line up with the power of relationships. Line up the power of relationships. I cannot stress to you how powerful relationships are. God will connect you to right relationships at the right time. He will reveal to you and he will give you right people at the right moment, at the right time, for the right season. There are some people that come into your life for just that, for a season. And he will bring us through, he will bring people into our life for a season so that we may accomplish in that season what needs to be done. 
And then there's other people that walk with us for some time. They will be there for a, a period of time and then they leave our life or they leave that relationship. And then there's people that God puts into our life for a, an eternal relationship. They're there. They're kingdom connections. They're people that are there every time you look around. They're not only there in the good, but they're there in the bad and the ugly. They're not people. They're not fair weather relationships that are there just to try to get something from you, but they're there because they care about you. Amen. And those are the kind of relationships that you want to hold on to. Those are the kind of relationships that God gives you a lifelong connection with those individuals. And some of them just are for seasonal purposes to get us through a time in our life when we didn't have the necessary means or we didn't know what to do or what situation, how we should deal with a situation. But God would put someone into our life who walked in out before us. He would bring someone into our life as a strategic setup so that we would not waste the season we were in, but the purpose and the destiny of that season would be fulfilled in our lives. Has God ever dropped somebody into your life in a season just in time? Amen. There's others that can open doors for you. Some will prepare the way for the purpose of your life. Joseph had a man that would open doors for him because God had ordained something for his life. I said the other Wednesday night that Joseph on his way to the palace, the palace was not his destiny. His destiny he was living out every day. He lived it out. He was just as much uh, in his destiny in the place of prison as he was in the place of the palace. He was just as much fulfilling his destiny whenever he was in a man in the in the pit as he was in the palace. But you know, we don't know how to celebrate whenever we're in the pit. We don't know how to worship God when we're in the prison. But the reality of it is, is God is the same God in the pit and in the prison as he is in the palace. Amen. And even though it may be difficult times and even though the enemy may come to bring us down in those seasons, he's still God and he's still worthy of our praise. Amen. Abraham had Melchizedek as a power relationship. He was an example. Melchizedek became Jesus before Abraham even knew he was walking in an old covenant. But God would bring Melchizedek into his life to show him the power of relationship. Elijah had Elijah as a power relationship. Paul had Barnabas who would introduce him to the church because the church was scared to death of this man that the other day was murdering the church but now God had done something supernatural in his life and turned him around but he could not walk into the church and say I'm here a mighty man of God but God would give him a Barnabas to walk him into the church and say the hand of God is upon this man you need to receive from this gift you see if he would have not had that there's no way that he could have been able to walk into the church I'm telling you today that I've found out that what God places in your life to fulfill and to do and give you a destiny, you will never do it without other people. Amen. I found out you need other people in your life to fulfill the purpose that God has placed over your life. You will never be able to accomplish it yourself. In fact, I would submit to you that if purpose, your purpose, that, that you feel that God has given you can be accomplished by yourself, then it is a nightmare and not a vision. Amen. Because the reality of it is, is that Jesus even needed other people. Amen. Jesus needed other people to fulfill his purpose and his destiny in the earth. Now, if Jesus needed other people, you and I, sure enough, need other people. We need to connect and we need to have relationships one with another so that we may be able to accomplish the purpose for which God has created us. 
Amen. And we will never do it alone. I tell you that, that, uh, the, the, that when we look at it and understand it, we understand that this thing of doing our, our thing by ourselves and being a lone ranger, that is proven to be unsuccessful. But God places people around us strategically so that, that what we are weak in, that they are strong in. And what we are strong in, they are weak in. But together we can accomplish more for the kingdom of God. And so I just want to say today that we've got to find our purpose and say yes God to your will yes to your way God give us divine relationships so that we may be able to walk out what you have for our lives you can't always be teaching without ever being taught you have to surround yourself with people to un- that were as able to unlock your potential people who can help you bring into alignment the thing that God has for you. And I don't know about you, but, but I'm thankful today in my life that God has placed people in my life that don't, don't think like I think. Huh? They, don't, they aren't all the same, but they come into my life to keep me in alignment. And I don't mind that they are diverse. I celebrate that, their diversity. Because it is in that that keeps me in the alignment of what God has ordained for our lives. And so I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful that Pastor Rich is a part of that. That, amen, God has brought him into our life and and Ellie into our life at such a time that that we may be able to fulfill the vision that God has put in our life. I can uh, write down or show you where I wrote down many years ago where that God would give us a platform that we would be, even before it was popular, to have multicultural and also have multi-generational but also have multi-campuses. Amen? But there is no way that you can do that by yourself. But God would bring Rich and Ellie into our lives in a season whenever he would release into uh, this place an opportunity that we could make an an impact like never before in this region. Amen. And let me just say to you today that in, in case you don't know it, there are people that are watching this place that don't even come here. There are people, how do you know that? Because I cannot tell you, I, I haven't kept count, but I could not tell you how many times that people have seen me or come up to me and come up to Renee and said, I know that you don't know me, but I know you. And I just want to thank you for the vision that you have to bring life back to Nitro. Amen. And, and, and I've heard that at least three, four, five times. Perhaps people have come and I said, well, it's never possible unless there's other people. Amen. Like Pastor Rich and Ellie that have a heart and a passion to do what God has called us to do. This would have never been possible. But we line ourselves with relationships that God puts in place so the kingdom of God can be advanced. Amen. And then we have to line up with vision. Because if you're not a part of the vision, then you'll perish. Amen. You have to be in line up with the season of your life that you're in the season where you line up with the vision. You, you see, when it doesn't matter. You, you can come in. You know, we have four seasons here in West Virginia. And you can, uh, you know, you, uh, you, can, uh, you can come into January and put your bathing suit on and go outside and say it's summer. But I want to tell you, buddy, it's still going to be snowing. Amen. Renee and I, you know, uh, Church of God, you don't go to the beach, you go to the coast, right? <laughs> Whatever that means. And uh, But we was down there, we took a couple of days this past week, we was down there, and I seen a man, Pastor Rich, that was out of season. That joker was 80 years old. He had more roles than I did and had his little skiddy dough things. What a speedo on. Trying to act like he was 30 years old. I thought, why don't you get a grip on your head? Out here, all these roles and trying to impress somebody with your little speedo. You need to get in there and act like you're 80 years old. Amen. And that's what happens in the church. A lot of people are out of season. Amen. There's a lot of folks that are that are acting like something they're not. And, and God can't use us like that. He can use us in our season. 
Come on, somebody. You how many know you can be 80 years old and, and you understand the season you're in and God still use you supernaturally and significantly. But God doesn't want you to be spiritually 80 years old and trying to act like you're 20 years old. God can't bless that. But when you get in alignment with the vision and say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, whatever purpose you want me to fulfill, if I've got to want me to be a hand, I'll be a hand. If you want me to be a voice, I'll be a voice. If you want me to be a doorkeeper or a breeder or a children's ministry, God, wherever you want me to be, that's what I want to be. I just want to be in alignment with the vision. Amen. Because you see, when God, God is either testing you or trusting you whenever you receive promotion. Sometimes people can't handle promotion. Amen. Some people are the nicest people that you've ever met on the face of the earth until they get a little promotion. Amen. Get a little title. And then somehow they go slap crazy. And, 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 and God cannot bless that. Amen. Sometimes you need to need something to be taken away is a greater test of not what something has been given when something is taken away. How will you respond then to the kingdom of God? Can you serve without a title? Can, can you keep a right spirit? You know, there's one thing to do a thing, but it's another thing to do something in the right spirit. Amen. It, and it doesn't do anybody any good if we do a thing, but we don't do it in the right spirit. But can we do it without a title? Can we do it without recognition? Can we do it when things are taken away instead of given to us? But we say we're not here about the title. We're not here to put the, to, for people to put their applause upon our life. But we're just here for the vision. We're here to fulfill the purpose and the kingdom of God to be accomplished in our life that's when we know that we have a part of the vision in our life amen and then we have to line up with the body God has not called you to the church for you to go in another direction because when we do then momentum is broken and so we all have to focus our alignment so that the vision and the momentum can show up at the same place at the same time what am I saying? I'm, well, it's kind of like this. There's been times in the past whenever I have called for a fast in the church. And, and, and you know, so that's what we do. We're fasting. And uh, I get on Facebook and there's and some folk having a pizza party. Amen. It's quiet up in here. Amen. That's not lining with the body. Amen. Pastor Rich comes and says that this week is a, a week of prayer revival. And every night we're going to be here and praying. Guess what? Your plans just shut down. Amen. I felt that go over like a lead balloon. You know why? Because we don't line ourselves with the body. Amen. But we want the blessing. We want the breakthrough. I'll tell you how breakthrough and blessing comes. It's when we align ourselves with the body. And it creates a momentum that will break the strongholds of hell off of our life. Will break the strongholds of the enemy off of our family. Momentum cre creates a, something that will pull us in the same direction for the common goal and the common purpose. And we will receive what God has ordained for us. But you see, in our text tonight, this morning, we see Benadad. He comes against the king of Israel and he is not passive about it. He is coming with him with force. The scripture says that he went around and he conjured up 32 other kings to come up and to go against him. You see, it's the enemy's job to make you feel like that you're outnumbered. It's the enemy's job to make you feel like that everything is coming against you and you're by yourself. And if he cannot do that, then he'll try to make it look like that the enemy is larger or greater than you. You remember when the children of Israel went into the promised land and the Bible said that there were some giants in the land. They were not all giants. 
but there were some giants. But the Bible said that when they came back with the report, what did they say? They said, they're all giants in that land, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's the plan of the enemy, to try to make you feel as though that the momentum is coming against you, and there is no way that you will ever overcome it. He comes with, with at this momentum at Ahab, and he begins to tell him, I'm going to take everything of value out of your life. I'm going to take your money. I'm going to take the gold. I'm going to take the silver. I'm going to take your wives. I'm going to take your children. Can you hear the force? He's trying to intimidate him. He's trying to impose this fear upon him. And I've come on an assignment this morning to, to people that are their families. The enemy has come against your family and told you, I'm going to take your family. I'm going to take your children. I'm going to take your resources. But I come to day to say the devil is a liar that the greater one lives on the inside of you amen the enemy may roar like a lion but he is not the lion there is only one lion and he's the lion of the tribe of judah and if you'll allow him he will roar over your life today and he will give you complete victory in your family if you believe it give him praise this morning He sent, the, he sent word that everything that you hold precious, I'm going to take from you. Someone understands that fear of feeling like you're about to lose everything. Everything of value is about to be pulled or snatched away from your life. And when you feel like this, you are being besieged. There is a great difference between being besieged and being fought. Being fought means that there is an enemy that is coming directly at you and you're at war with them. But being besieged is more than one person or one thing that you're fighting, but you're fighting things on every side of you. All around you, there is darts that are being thrown. All around you, there is warfare that is taking place. You're being besieged. You're being fought not just on one level, but multiple levels. You're not just being fought in one direction, but every direction. There is warfare and there is battle going on at the same time. Because the enemy knows that when you've been in the Word long enough and when you've been walking with God long enough, that you can deal with one thing or two things, or you can deal with something on one level or another level. But if he's going to take you out, he's got to work on multiple levels at the same time. And he's got to work not just on your marriage, but he's got to work on your finances and your marriage. And he's got not only work on your finances and your marriage, but he's got to start messing with your kids. And if he can't mess with your kids, he wants to work on your job and he wants to distract you and pull you down and war with you on multiple levels at the same time. That's a besiege. That's an attack of the enemy to try to dispel you and cause you to lose sleep at night and cause you to not want to wake up in the morning because you know that you'll have to face in the morning the same thing you face today. He's trying to get you to be helpless. He's trying to get you to be hopeless. The enemy is trying to take your momentum away from you. It's the law of physics that tells us that whenever something is in motion, it tends to stay in motion. The things that are moving in a straight line tend to continue in a straight line until there is acted upon by a greater force. When something is set into motion in your life, it continues unless it is an act of a greater force. So if you begin to have negative habits, they're going to continue until there's a greater force. If you have bad feelings, if you, have, if you are dealing with depression, if 
you are dealing with circumstances in your life that are negative, then I can predict to you what is going to be the outcome of your future determined by your past behavior. Because you see, it's going to continue until there is a greater force that shows up. The Bible teaches us that we cannot spoil the strong man's house unless he is first bound. Amen. And I want to tell you today that it is so in our lives. We will never conquer. We will never overcome except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, there is fear. There is doubt. There is oppression. Hell is going to break loose in your house. The enemy is going to show up in your marriage, in your children, in the church. Come on. Amen. But I want to tell you that whenever it does we don't just sit passively by and allow the enemy to wreak havoc on our lives we rise up in a greater force we take the authority of the Holy Ghost and we say it's not by might it's not by power but it's by the Spirit of the Living God that when him we live and in him we move and in him we have our very being it's because of that we can say in the face of depression in the face of all the hell assailing against us. We can stand flat-footed in the face of the devil and say, greater is he that is in me than he that has come against me. Here in verse 13, suddenly the prophet approaches Ahab, king of Israel, saying, thus says the Lord, have you seen all of this great multitude? (laughs) Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Isn't that just like God? I mean, the the enemy conjured up all that he could. Everything he could do to try to cause fear and disappointment and doubt come in the heart of the king of Israel. And God shows up and he says, you know why I let all of this stuff come against you? You know why all of these have come to oppose you today? Why didn't just one king show up? Why didn't just two or five or ten kings show up? Because they knew that the king of Israel had something greater on his side than what they had working for them. You say, well, how come the devil is working on me so much? Why is it the devil's fighting me so hard? It's because he knows who lives on the inside of you. He knows that the God of heaven and of earth, amen, lives on the inside of you. You've heard me say it before, but he didn't just come to live in your heart, but he's in every fiber of your being. He's in your mind. He's in your eyes. He's in your mouth. He's in your organs. He's everywhere because he come to fulfill and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and so he's everywhere in your life at the same time he told King Ahab he said look here I brought these people together and he said you see this whole host I just want to let these people know that I'm still God I still want them to know that there is a greater force you may look like you're outnumbered it may look like there's just one of you and 32 of them with their armies but I want you to know that I am with you and if I am with you then I am greater than everything that come against you. God says there's a greater force that's going to show up on your behalf and you will reveal his power and his glory in your life. You see what has happened here in the natural everything still looks the same. In the natural, there's still 32 kings coming against one king. In the natural, there's still 32 armies coming against one army. In the natural, nothing has changed. But a greater force has showed up. (laughs) Hallelujah. The Word has showed up. The Word of the Lord came into the equation. And there's still 32 kings. Amen. There's still a multitude in the valley. But the word of the Lord has come. I tell you today that one word from God can change the trajectory of your life. Oh, yes, it's more than just preaching. It's reality. All I need is one word from God, and it will change everything. Hell can be assailing. Storms can be raging. People can be chaotic.
chaotic. Everything to me seemingly momentum is going against me. But just one word from God can bring me out of a horrible pit. Set my feet upon a solid and a firm foundation and say there's more for you than there are against you. I want to tell someone this morning that there's more for you than there is against you. And even though hell, if he could have conjured up more, he would have brought it. But he's brought you his best shot this week. He's brought you the best he could do. But you're still up in the house of God this morning, worshiping him and blessing his holy name. Amen. He said, I will deliver you from the hand of the enemy. And a heart that was defeated, a heart that was pressed down, a heart that was hit by the greater force, something began to change in his life from the word of the Lord. So Ahab said, by whom? And he said, thus says the Lord, by the young leaders of the providence. He said, then he said, that you will set the battle in order. And he answered, who? And he said, you will. Amen. I mean, no, you've got to stand up in your own life. Pastor can't do it for you. Amen. Your spouse can't do it for you. You've got to stand up in your own life and give voice. Huh? you got to give voice to that circumstance, that situation, and declare what God, that word that the Lord has spoken to you. He said, who is going to do it? He said, the young leaders are going to do it. Multi-generational, which is part of the vision of this house. He said, there's another younger generation are going to rise up and do some things you couldn't do. Amen. Hallelujah. But he said, who's going to do it? Who's going to answer? And he said, you are. And then he said, get the young leaders together. And there was 232. And after them, they mustered all the people and the children of Israel. And there was 7,000. The enemy can say whatever he wants to say. But if you're not in alignment, you will accept the report as truth and final. And he comes and he says, I'm going to take your destiny. I'm going to take your future. I'm going to take your family. I'm going to take your job. And if your momentum is going in that direction, then you will accept that as truth and the will that is to be imposed upon your life. But if in the midst of that, you get a word from God, amen, and you act upon that word, the one word from God is greater and supersedes all that the enemy has brought against you. One word from God can dispel everything that the witch and the warlock, everything that the enemy has brought against your life. Ahab got a word and he said, I'm going to set this word into motion. And when he set it into motion, the things in his life began to shift and begin to change. I want to tell you today that the word of the Lord is still true. And one word from God really will change your life. If you will just take that word and apply it to your life and stand up in the midst of adversity, stand up in the midst of the darkness and say, thus saith the Lord, that word will break down every barrier. It'll break down every limitation. It'll break down every hell spell that has come into your life. And you will see, you don't have to be on a mountaintop to see God work. Amen. Anybody can shout on the mountaintop. Anybody can rejoice when things are going good. Amen. In the later part of this chapter, I'll not take time to read it this morning. But amen, this is what happened. The Bible said that they declared and said that their God is the God of the mountain. So we've got to fight him in the valley. I'm just an old country boy. But if somebody kicked my butt once, they didn't have to do it twice to prove it to me. I see none of you have ever been in a fight. Well, good for you. You pray for me. Amen. But you don't have to prove to me twice. But something in the mind of the enemy just doesn't function right, Pastor Rich. And he said, their God is the God of the mountain. But if we get them in the low place... If we get them while they're down, if we get them while they're in the valley, 
God will not be able to help them in the valley. The enemy will come and catch you in a low place. And he thinks he's got you boxed in. And he knows that that it's hard and difficult for you to believe God in this season of your life. Whenever things are not going good. And that's when he comes and besieges you. That's when he comes at your very low place. And he says, I'm going to take care of you. You're never going to come out of this valley. But God said, I want you to know something. I'm not just the God of the mountain. I'm not just the God when everything is going good. In fact, everything doesn't have to be just right like you think it has to be just right for God to bless you. But he said, I want to show you that in your low place, I want to show you in the midst of your despair, I want to show you in the face of the devil that I'm bigger and better than anything that will ever come into your life. And right in the middle of the lowest place, right in the valley of the shadow of death, right in the middle of his loneliness, God steps in with a word and he begins to speak into his life and said, I'm not just a God of the shout, but I'm a God of the lonely place. I'm a God when you're all by yourself, that my power is still greater than all of the powers that will ever come against your life. The devil had the nerve to try to take you out. But what he didn't count on was a word in your low place. And you receive that word. And that one word shifted the momentum in your life. And the favor on your life began to be revealed. You were favored ever since you gave your heart to God. But favor began to be revealed in your life whenever the momentum shifted and people didn't start calling you. Oh, I so feel so sorry for them. Oh, it looks so bad for them. But now they're looking and saying, oh my, what have they done? It looks like the same person, but, but favor is upon their life. Why? Because of one word that shifted momentum. You might be in the worst place of your life that you've ever been in. But it's the job of the devil to make you think that God doesn't know where you're at. (laughs) I know this is just a season in my life. And if I can praise him in the worst season of my life, there'll day come whenever I can praise him in the best season of my life. Amen? But I'm not going to sit here and let the enemy take my silver take my gold, take my family, take that which God has given me. Amen. I'm going to order the battle. I've got to take the word that God has given me and apply it to my life. That momentum will change in my life. Amen. Momentum is created by, it's simple. How do you get momentum when the momentum is going against you? How do you shift it? It's real simple. It's just to take that one word that God has given you and apply it to your life. Momentum is developed by right choices. Right choice to pray when you don't feel like praying, but you make a right choice. The right choice to read the word of God when you don't feel like reading the word, the right choice. A choice to worship God when it doesn't feel like you have nothing to worship Him for. But you make the right choice. And one right choice builds upon another right choice that builds upon another right choice and momentum begins to shift in your favor. Glory to God. Amen. Have you ever seen a ball team that was down? They were good, but it didn't look like that they, they was going to win the game. Nobody wants to play a team that's won three or four games in a row. Huh? Ain't got nobody watching ball. Nobody wants to play a team that's got three, four, six wins in a row because momentum is on their side. Right? Whenever I was playing ball in school, my first year that we played, we, we won one game. And we won that one game because the other team didn't show up. And that's the God's truth. Amen. We had a party that day because that's the only game we won all year long. But the reason, Pastor Rich, we, we would roll up in that old green 
or that yellow school bus and we would roll up and you could the windows were down because they didn't have air conditioning. I don't know if they do now, but we didn't have air conditioning back in the day. And and we'd have those windows down and we'd roll up to the school and they would see that opponent opposing team and they'd say, Oh my God, they look like giants. Oh, did you see how far he threw that ball? I'm thinking, man, why are we even getting off of this bus? That's right. Why are we even wasting our time rolling up in here? Because you're defeated in your mind before you ever get off of this bus. So why should I go get beat up? Amen. But when you've got momentum on your side, when you're winning... How many know that they can look bad, they can throw the ball halfway down the field, they may look like an ox, but you walk off with a little bit of spring in your step saying, just come on, you feel froggy leap. Why? Because you got momentum on your side. Amen. I've watched the, uh, the teams, that, the football teams that have been down. One instance I recall, they were down by 28 points in the fourth quarter. It looked like that they couldn't get nothing together. They couldn't get a run game together. They couldn't get a throwing game together. But 45 minutes, it looked like they were in utter defeat. But suddenly in the fourth quarter, with just 15 minutes left, they were able to accomplish in 15 minutes what they could never accomplish in the first 45 minutes. Amen. I want to say to someone in the middle of this year, it may look like that the momentum has been against you, but don't you give up the rest of the year to your enemy. Amen. It's time for us to rise up and say this momentum is on our side. It looks like we've lost the first three quarters, but the greater one is on the inside of us. And what does that team do? They make one shift. They make one play. They change it one time and momentum shifts on their behalf. They catch the ball one time. They get a good run and now it seems like every flag is in their favor and suddenly there is something that shifts in the fourth quarter that causes them to go and win the end of the game. I want to tell you your enemy knows that God is for you. The Holy Ghost is in you. Angels are all around you. The Word of God is on your side and when you begin to build that word and the momentum will begin to rise up and whatever it does it's going to break out it's going to break through it's going to break down it's going to break through everything the enemy has brought against your life so don't you dare give up don't you dare quit in this moment press into God's word begin to make right choices and decisions and say it may be the fourth quarter but I'm about to turn this thing around I'm about to win this thing because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Oh, come on and praise him here this morning. Come on, stand to your feet and give him a praise this morning. Because greater is he that is in you than the world that has come against you. Hallelujah. You see, it doesn't matter how the enemy has posed you in the past. What matters is this moment. What matters is this moment, this time, this, this season, this, this second that we are living in. Because there's nothing we can do about what's behind us, but we can change what's coming. Amen. How do we change it? We change it by making right choices, right decisions. Amen. And I come to speak to somebody today. Amen. As Pastor Rich began this speaking about this last week, that momentum is for you and not against you. And even though the enemy wants to make you feel as though that you're overwhelmed, there's a greater one living on the inside of you. And if you'll make that conscious choice and decision to say, God, I just need one word. If you'll give me one word, I'll stand on that word. I'll proclaim that word. I'll declare that word until that word becomes reality in my life. Amen. If that's for you today, and you say yes to the word of the Lord, I just want you to come, come and stand here today, and we're going to put our faith with your faith, and we're going to declare the promises of God over your life today. Amen. Come on, let's say sing, come.